You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. It's Tuesday, January 11th. Uh, just got done watching the national title game. I was watching that on Monday night. And man, uh, really interesting and strange to see Alabama kind of get pushed around like that. But I was happy for Georgia. I was happy for Kirby Smart. Um, good to see the dogs get it done. And, you know, actually ended up being a super entertaining second half after a pretty boring first 30 minutes with a lot of field goals being kicked back and forth. But a uh, fun title game, college football season, and now unfortunately officially over. And we move on to the offseason. A lot of offseason news going on with TCU football, and we'll touch on that. And in this first segment, We'll discuss all the new transfers that are being added to the fold for TCU football. So over the weekend, um, Jared Wiley, tight end from Texas, who I mentioned earlier last week, he officially uh, announced that he was going to commit and sign with the Horn Frogs. Uh, Wiley's a huge target, 6'7", 250 pounds is what he's listed at. I think he's actually bigger than that. Um, and, you know, one of my good friends and, and listeners of the pod, Matt Cookson, ask, hey, how excited should I be about this? And I think this is an immediate impact transfer. I think folks should be excited about what Wiley could bring to the table. You know, I mentioned the size. I think he's someone that could come in and be an immediate red zone target. Uh, Last season, nine receptions for 67 yards. Two of those were for touchdowns. So not a big year in the receiving uh, department and hasn't really been much of a receiving threat in his time at UT. But I think if you – Watch what he's done. He's got some agility. He has some athleticism. He was a quarterback when he was at Temple where he played with Quentin Johnston, the big TCU wide receiver. Uh, but Sonny Dice likes to use tight ends. It was a position that honestly, you know, wasn't really used at all. Um, and, you know, just to be honest, really in the whole Gary Patterson era, but especially lately, you know, Pro Wells got some run here and there. But uh, I think Wiley can come in and, and be someone who can step in immediately and make things happen. I think he wasn't used enough in the passing game at Texas, and hopefully that's a dimension to what he does that TCU can really hone in on and get some production there. But I, I think at the very least, he'll be someone that can come in and be a big target you know, down near the goal line and box some people out and score some touchdowns which is not something TCU's had in a while and and really didn't have last year at all. So I like that pickup a lot. I think it's one of the better transfers that they've gotten in the past few weeks. Um, Another player that's joining the fold, Amani Bailey uh, from Louisiana Tech this year, 102 attempts, 642 yards, and eight touchdowns. He's 5'8", 200 pounds. He's originally from Denton, Texas. So another DFW player which has been a theme in these transfers that the TCU coaching staff has been bringing in so far. Um, So a productive season last year, good size, good speed, and add some more depth to the running back room, which is suddenly something that TCU is in a pretty dire need of, honestly. You know, Mari DiMercato coming back for another season, I think that's a big deal. That's significant. Um, But Amari hasn't been – a player that's gotten a lot of carries, gotten a lot of run in his career. So Bailey got a bunch of usage last year at Louisiana. Um, I think I said Louisiana Tech earlier. Excuse me. He was at Louisiana with Billy Napier. 
and now he's joining TCU. Um, was productive there. He ran the ball well. It can be a complimentary piece to Kendra Miller and gives you some more assurance that, okay, if Miller gets banged up, which has been something that's happened in the past, or we just need to change a pace back um, because that's really what football is now. You have two guys in the backfield sort of switching back and forth and taking the bulk of those carries. So Bailey being added to the group as well, along with Jared Wiley, another player that was added recently that I haven't touched on yet. Um, Alan Ali, he is a lineman from SMU, 6'4", 295, uh, is from Keller, Texas originally, so another DFW product, was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. And Ali is a guy that has a lot of experience, uh, obviously at the group of five level with SMU, but he was an all-American um, conference selection in 2021, and he has one year of eligibility. At the very least, this is someone who can come in and add some depth. He started 39 to 44 games at SMU, um, including all 13 games this past season and then 10 games in 2020. Uh, that was shortened by the COVID year. So he can come in and make an impact as well. I like that addition. You can never have too many offensive linemen. You can never have enough depth at that spot. So a nice pickup in that department, adding to the trenches uh, with Ali, who comes over from SMU. And then finally, um, on Sunday afternoon, Mark Perry, uh, who is actually from the West Coast. He's from California, but he's been playing at Colorado the past few seasons as a safety he joined the fold at TCU. He had three interceptions last year. Perry is a speedster. Um, he was on the track team at Colorado. Doesn't is not expected to run track at TCU, according to Jeremy Clark. Uh, but Perry is a guy that adds some athleticism, some playmaking to the back end of that defense, which they need sorely. You know, they brought in T.J. Carter last year. That did not really work. The Memphis transfer safety was a spot that never got figured out the entire season. They had some injury issues there. They had some guys that didn't play up to expectations. So Perry comes in. He was the second leading tackler on the Buffaloes last year. He led the team in interceptions. Also had three pass defense. Uh, so he's someone that's around the ball, can make plays, and should come in and have a chance to make an impact in that secondary immediately and will have a rematch with his former team right away. So uh, four transfers are rattled off there, and now it's seven total that they have taken in. We'll see what they do over the next few weeks, but they are uh, keeping their promise of you know, taking on a lot of these guys, turning over this roster, changing um, who they have on the team, and, and that's exciting. We'll see where they go from here. But Mark Perry, the DB of the safety from Colorado, Jared Wiley, the tight end from Texas, Alan Ali, the offensive line from SMU. And then Amani Bailey, the running back from Louisiana Tech, all joining um, the 2022 class for TCU football as transfers. All of them are ready to rock and roll with immediate eligibility. When we come back, we'll talk about some more TCU news and notes. Um, a young man returning to the team next year and also a commit for the 2023 class. It's all coming up on Locked on Horn Frogs. All right, segment number two on uh, Locked On Horn Frogs and some more news and notes. Pretty jam-packed show today, but let's discuss what's going on. Let's stay with the TCU football um, world and situation. And we ran down all the 2022 transfers that are coming in, but TCU also got a commit for the 2023 class. 
Jordan Bailey joins the fold, the wide receiver from Denton Ryan, and he is the brother of Amani Bailey, Louisiana running back that came over as his transfer over the weekend. Um, so Bailey, not ranked yet by 247 Sports, but has an impressive offer sheet. Colorado, Houston, Memphis, North Texas among schools that uh, have offered Bailey so far. Um, he's a speedster. He's small, undersized, 5'9", but kind of fits in in a long line of guys uh, that TCU has taken in the past and has made into really good players like Tay Barber, like Kevontae Turpin, like Darius Davis, sort of a slot receiver, maybe a guy they can use on special teams as well. Explosive. Um, can get the, Once he gets the ball in his hands in space, can make something happen. So I like how this staff is both attacking the now and the future so far. You know, we've seen the last few years, it just feels like there's not much momentum on the recruiting trail for future classes for TCU football. They're just sort of keeping things, you know, pretty light as far as commits go. Uh, but already a couple commits for this 2023 class. So um, they add Bailey to the fold uh, over the weekend. And again, that's Jordan Bailey, the wide receiver from Denton Ryan. That'll be part of the 2023, 2023 class, excuse me. He's a wide receiver. Amani Bailey, the running back, comes over from Louisiana, and he'll be a part of the team next year with immediate eligibility. So um, CCU get it done on the recruiting trail, both for uh, the current class and the class incoming next year. Um, also, it came down today on Twitter that Trey Tomlinson is coming back for another season. Trey had the opportunity to go to the NFL. Um and explored that opportunity, but has decided ultimately to come back to school. He put a video up on his Twitter page. So that's big news. You know, he's been an experienced corner on this team uh, for two seasons. He played even some in his freshman year. And uh, Trey's been great. He wasn't as good last year. A couple seasons ago, he really morphed into kind of that lockdown number one corner. I felt like he wasn't as consistent last season, but still, this gives you experience. Uh, you know, we talked about Mark Perry earlier, a guy who's made a lot of starts, who played a lot, coming into that safety position. Tomlinson, a lot of starts, a lot of experience coming back at that corner spot. You know, Kean Stewart's coming back as well. Uh, he briefly in the transfer portal, but he decided to stick around and stay at TCU. We'll see what Noah Daniels does, but I like um, what TCU has potentially in the secondary. And it'll also be interesting to see you know, what Joe Gillespie's philosophy is in coverage, what kind of corners he likes, the physical makeup he likes of those guys, that position group, because we knew what the deal was with uh, with Coach P. His guys are going to play a lot of man coverage. They're going to be out, out on an island most of the time, matched up one-on-one -on -one with wide receivers, having to make plays. Um, and you'll still see some of that, I'm sure, but how does it adjust now with a different scheme, with a 3-3-5 scheme? Are you going to see more zone? We're going to see more uh, defensive calls that sort of have the mentality of let's keep things in front of us and try to make sure tackles and limit, you know, yards after the catch as opposed to what they were doing in the past. I don't have an answer to that. You know, we'll kind of see what happens when uh, they hit the field. But I think an encouraging situation, certainly, that um, Trey's coming back and that he'll be back for one more season. Okay, before we get out of here, I want to touch briefly on TCU basketball because, um, man, that was an impressive performance 
on Saturday. Obviously did not get the win, which is what you want. Um, but I, I just think the way they played was really inspiring. Had the lead at halftime against Baylor, you know, came up short, but hung around. And Mike Miles goes down with that wrist injury, came back in the game, but you could see he was a little limited after the fact. And I'm not going to say TCU wins that game if he's not hurt because we don't know how it would have played out. But I think that's a much closer game if he's 100% healthy because he was rolling before he got hurt on that foul call. TCU ultimately falls 76-64, to but they hung around for most of the game. They're up 37-31 at halftime. Actually had that out to a nine-point lead at points early in the second half. But then when Miles was out for a stretch, they just got absolutely shredded. Um, and could not recover from it. I like the energy, though, like the effort. Did not know what to expect from that team coming off a COVID pause, and they delivered, and they played extremely well. So coming up for them next, they go on the road to face off against Kansas State. Now, Kansas State has reworked their roster under Bruce Weber. They're kind of a similar team to TCU, and they brought in a lot of transfers. They're trying to get more talented. They're expected to be at the bottom of the conference. And listen, I know it's a tough place to play, tough environment, good team. But this is the type of game that if TCU is going to be a team that is seriously talking about going to the NCAA tournament, you have to win this one. You have to start stacking wins in the Big 12, and you have to win games like this on the road against Kansas State. And that's going to happen on Wednesday at 8 p.m. So we'll see how they hang around and how they do against the Kansas State team when they hit the floor on Wednesday night. But that's a big game early in Big 12 play to get your feet under you, get a victory, and then see where it goes from there. That's the type of game, though. They need to go on the road and get a victory. Uh, Miles' x-rays were negative on his wrist, and Jamie Dixon said he doesn't have a reason to believe he won't be able to go on Wednesday night. So encouraging news there. We'll keep up with TCU football and basketball throughout the rest of the week. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.